0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Quack 12 Podcast. The most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Today, Aaron is sick at home. So Adam, bravely, soldiers on, Featuring special guest, James Voss of Ditch Ridge. Go Ducks, go Ducks. Quack! 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 Just me, just me, Adam. Quack! Quack. Quack. No, Aaron, he's sick. Get better. Quack. Quack! Twelve. And... Oh, I am your host, Adam Jamail. There is no Aaron Schroeder. It feels weird. I don't like it. Oh, I'm talking to myself. Welcome, Quack Twelve podcast. Don't worry, this will only be a solo show for another. Eh, Eight minutes or solo or solo, eight minutes or so because we've got a wonderful guest, the great James Voss of Ditch Rich, is coming on the show, and we're going to talk some of ball But before that, let's talk some transfer portal because oh boy, it is open, and every damn duck is getting sucked in and and spewed out some other school that isn't as good as Oregon Ducks. Now, uh, that that sounded a little more aggro than I really wanted to because really, you know, if you're into college football in 2022, the state that it is right now, you kind of got to accept these things. You know, like, the transfer portal, for me personally, as a Duck fan, as a college football fan, that's not what kind of gets me a little scared for the state of the program if you will for the state of the whole sport uh the transfer portal i like because it's given options to players you shouldn't be tied down you should never have to play you know a, a sport that can literally like render you injured for the rest of your life quite frankly you know, if if, thing, if worse comes to worse or even if, if things are going good, but just that's something you got to live with. You should never have to be tied down to a school in order to play college football. I think you should be able to to move around. There should be this is the great United States of America. There should be. Free travel between all these states. So I that's not what I don't like. I mean, it is strange when you get to things like, let's say like Travis die, such a such a duck. I think of him as as a duck still. Once a duck, always a duck. That expression does get a little stranger, you know, when when suddenly oh he was great for the one year he was here and then they're gonna go there and you know, now they're playing on a rivals team. Travis died. does, he, does he, he I'm sure he considers himself a duck still, you'd imagine, but he's got to have that Trojan pride too. things like that. Uh, uh, you know, so many players right now entering the transfer portal, but we're about to get a new batch of ducks, a new flock of ducks that I'm excited. We all knew, or at least anyone who was paying attention to scholarship counts and to our recruiting class, that some people had to go. And this isn't a new thing, really. Like, coaches have always forced out players. It just doesn't really get publicized, you know. And here, though, I mean, with the transfer portal, it makes it obviously more so, but also just more visible. Now, as of right now, as of this recording, which is early morning, Tuesday, December 6th, we've got, I'm just going to kind of do a roll call, Final roll call. Seven McGee, he's been out for a while. He's he's kind of made it known for a while. um, So and he did get some playing time, but not necessarily a, a huge loss as far as snaps are concerned. There's, you know, Chris Hudson actually stepped into that role really well. Uh, Chase Coda also took a lot of these catches and in, in plays that I think Seven would have had. Um, Dante Thornton, I think... As far as playing time, he's up there for one. That is the saddest kind of see. You know, he was he really came alive late in the season with some big plays. Had some negative plays, but overall, I mean, was was a plus. You know, a real talent. He'll be a really good get for somebody out there. Um, already getting offers, obviously from Penn State, Arizona State. I would imagine Dillingham will be pretty intrigued with a lot of these players. Same with Colorado, Deion Sanders, dang, prime, I like it. Uh, Byron Cardwell, also one who had been talked about for a while, like it, especially because his lack of touches made it seem pretty clear that either he's injured, which it didn't quite seem like that, or he's about to enter the portal. Best of luck to you, best of luck to you, to all these players. But, I mean... Players like Jay Butterfield, who clearly like was down with this program, but also is down with playing college football. And for him to do that in any kind of meaningful way, really, especially that we were seeing apparently with multiple coaching staffs, he wasn't beating Ty Thompson. And that's got to be saying something, you know, so power to you, Jay Butterfield. I always liked him. Uh, was really fun to watch. He had a really good clip where he was not a fan of Utah at the end of the Utah game. That's that's a good clip if you want to go find it. That shows you, yes, he liked being a duck. You know, he was hating the right people. Uh, Braden Swinson, That that's that's a surprising one. You know, just because that is a spot of need. But I think this is also Dan Landing being like, you know, look, like, I'm not like I think we can really have you be a really good second option. I think there's probably a lot of phrasing things that way where it's you just being real. Kind of like with Coach Prime. I mean, clearly he's stealing so many headlines right now that he's even worming his way into this Oregon Ducks podcast. But like when he, he comes out and he talks to Colorado, this is a very famous video already right now. He's talking to his Colorado players who won one game this season. And saying like basically like look you got to hit the portal get out of here I want this team to be a winning team and unless you be you're planning on helping me out in that I need you to hit that portal <laughs> I mean it's just real it's just real talk you're you're not doing them favors by tricking them into thinking they're gonna get playing time um, Bram Walden of the offensive line I think that's a tough one considering. Who knows how many of these offensive linemen are going to be sticking around of the starters. You know, uh, eligibility is such a weird thing nowadays. But Jackson LeDuc, who was always, like, energy-wise, I think more so in the crystal ball era, um, was a, a fun watch. I was excited to see him whenever he was on the field. So He's going to be a starter somewhere. I really think so, and good for him. Brandon Buckner never really got too much playing time. Uh, once a duck, always duck. Terrell Tillman, uh, Justin Fullow. This one really got a lot of people's eyes open wide, especially kind of if you were not a duck fan. People are being like, oh my gosh, Landing's lost control of the program, blah, blah. This is a former five star recruit. Second, I believe, second highest rated recruit we've ever had. So it makes sense, you know, but, um, Do you know with with all the years of injury he's had? Uh, there's been plenty, there's been some good highlights, but as many have pointed out, his energy, his, his enthusiasm for the game didn't uh paper mache, did it over all the flaws, which a lot of those flaws were not quite getting the scheme which may be because we've, you know, had to change DCs basically every single season. And and so maybe I'm sure going somewhere else is going to probably behoove him. Maybe he'll go play in Colorado. Maybe, uh, maybe he'll go play at ASU. There's a number of places. Power to all of you. Uh, you know, I, again, I think where you're more concerned about is if you're getting... Like flow is definitely one. If Sewell were to transfer, that would be instead of you know like he he's probably going to the trying to go to the NFL, which power to him. But like that would be a little more concerning for me. Uh, I I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Like that's that's all you can do nowadays. On the OC front, it does look like we're getting a little more headway there. Will Stein seems to be the guy. Will Stein of UTSA, OC over there. Uh, If you haven't been paying attention to them roadrunners, that is a fun offense. I like the hire so far. Not like I really know what I'm talking about because, again, this is a dude who is more of an unknown than some of the bigger names that were being floated around anyways. But I like this guy. This seems like the offense that I want. I like his... Uh, emphasis on playmakers, playmakers, playmakers. Get the balls to them. That's the most important thing. We'll see what happens. Meet, meet, motherfuckers, as they say on Split Zone Duo. They seem to like him quite a bit. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Enough of me gabbing by myself. No one likes this. Let's head into a commercial, and then we'll get our dear, dear friend James Foss in the pod. Go Ducks. I'll see you in a moment. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Chevy. Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here, yeah. punk. Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? Ooh, it'd be bad. Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account. And gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you're listening to your new podcast steps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it. Huh? Glug, glug,
1: guzzle, guzzle.
0: Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the Quack 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12. Give us internet. five stars. Yeah, the internet. You got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing, if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are, those are people that didn't give us five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then, uh, you know what? Uh, oh, hey, hey, look at, look at this podcast, listener On their long inner, inner uh, continental flight. Making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby wah, by covering wah. it up. Wah, wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones. Trying to get the Sky waitress's attention. To Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you... Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Get Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance... You never know when your plane's gonna go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Flash. never to be seen again. Glug glug guzzle guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the quacking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos? And for that, we can forget about the whole nasty business. Have you on your way. We'll Forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all we got. Now, listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you, chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the ocean. Ayo. Quack, quack. All right, everybody, Uh, this show isn't going well. We can't just have me. We all know that. If you go back and listen to the old episodes, like I said earlier, where it was just me for, like, one and a half episodes, it didn't work out. So, obviously, we need some more more ingredients to this stew. We can't just have stone soup. You got to actually add some substance after a while. And so this is absolutely the substance that we needed. Um, Dear friend of the show has been on has been on many times at this point Uh, not enough but many times the one the only James Voss from the awesome substack ditch rich y'all know it we're trying to put it on blast all the time Uh, at who's the Voss VOS on Twitter ladies and gentlemen once again James Voss back on the show how's it going buddy going well how are you Adam. I'm doing good. I'm transitioning, you know, I'm I'm shedding my my fall football coat and uh-huh. ready to we, get we into lacrosse uh, which which me reminds me I need to push this. Well, first, before I push this button, since we didn't get your um any much your end of season football chat, which mm. which was a heartbreaking season. I wanted to get since you're such a true Duck fan. I wanted to get your thoughts on this football season cuz we're right on that line where you're kind of nuts if you're like 9 and 3 in a in a uh first year head coach's season that's a bad season. You're kind of nuts mm-hmm. if you're saying that, especially when we played Georgia, who's the clear best team in the whole freaking country. But at the same time, I totally get the people that are like doesn't matter what the score is at the, like the, the season win total at the end we lost to the Beavers and we lost to the Huskies throw away this season. Like I kind of get that too. So I wanted to know where you're, where you landed there.
1: Yeah. I mean, in all versions of nine and three that you could have drawn up at the beginning of the year, this is probably the worst. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe beating Georgia, and then having that excitement and then losing to Stanford Huskies yeah. and
0: Beavers
1: would have been worse. <laughs> oh God. Uh, it reminds me of last year beating Ohio state. And then what, what could happen in the end? At least we beat the duck or the Huskies and the Beavers. Like yeah. that, that you can say, cause that's the thing, right? You could go two and 10. And as long as you beat the Huskies and the beavers like, you you could say, Oh, at least we did that. At least I would kind that.
0: of love a two and ten season where it would be those two teams, because then you can be like, Well, it doesn't matter what your teams accomplished, we beat you that season. You yeah, know, like... And those were our only two wins. Like that <laughs> would be
1: that would be definitely the funnest way to go two and ten. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think you you point out a lot of things about new coach and, and then just the world of the transfer portal. There are a lot of things that could happen between now and the holiday bowl that would make me more excited mm. uh, and feel better about the year. Uh, like one Bo Nix announcing that he wants to come back for another year, especially Gosh. after Michael Penix Jr. announces he wants to come back and Caleb Williams is already coming back and Cam rising, believe it or not, could have another year. Mm. Uh yeah, DJU I mean,
0: may be playing somewhere on the West Coast. Who knows? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, send DJU to Corvallis. Get him a quarterback that can <laughs> throw five forward passes a game instead of zero. That's horrifying. Um, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, great. Like, it's definitely all that excitement of climbing up the rankings and being the best one-loss team in the country for a while or at least feeling that you were. Uh, believing that you were convincing yourself and actually very much unlike last year we were kicking butt like don't like beating teams convincingly but maybe this was something that we should have paid attention to because we would dominate that middle eight or at least the middle two quarters and then come the fourth quarter give up a whole lot of garbage like consistently not just where this the route here and there where you get like the extra points that the backdoor cover and all that stuff because, Oh, you're putting in your second strings. You're, you're breaking down a little bit, but that proved the fourth quarter decision-making uh, uh different circumstances, whether it be Bo's injury at the end of the, or, and then play calling that Bo's injury uh, forced us into at the end of the Washington game, or just the end of the game mismanagement and a constant like, Inability to stop the run on Oregon State side yeah. at the end, of the end of that game, the the problems with closing out games that were there the beginning of the year, maybe should have as as we looked down uh, towards uh, those harder games at the end of the end of the season, that maybe should have raised more flags. But uh, I believe that Dan Lanning's a young coach, and uh, we have all the reason to believe that. He will be able to develop. The, it's that cliche. Once he gets his guys in there, yeah. uh, and but and then at the same time, people are freaking out. Oh, Justin Flo's transferring. Uh, Gonzalez is out. he's getting his guys in there uh, will also mean that leaving behind some guys you maybe thought highly of from before, or kind of just like developing guys that actually want to be playing team defense because that's how you stop the run. That's how you stop uh, tight ends in the flat. That's how you cover it. Like Justin Flo is Superman. We watched him be Superman against a, a team like Fresno state, yeah. but Superman
0: doesn't stop the run. <laughs> so, apparently. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> no I, I totally get what you mean. And the transfer portal right now, like it giveth and it taketh and it makes it so like i I totally agree with you that like a coach does need his dudes in there, and kind of one of the benefits of the transfer portal is you get a seat like there's less excuses for like, oh, he hasn't gotten his guys in there yet, mm-hmm. you know, like the timeline is shorter. Because yeah. of the transfer portal, which is nice, and if you don't like Cruton, like don't play, col- don't coach college football right now, or mm-hmm. like get on a staff where you're the one dude who's not Cruton, and you know you're the you're exactly. the ex nose genius or whatever,
1: or one uh, you could get on a staff like Oregon's where the fans on Twitter will do it for you.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, all exactly. all those helpful uh, ats, <laughs> you know, sliding into those DMs. Keep mm-hmm. it up, Oregon fans. Annoy the hell out of those crudes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll help us. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's good to hear. I mean, it, and it's just like one of those things where it really is. It's just like there's so many things where it's like it could be really good. It could be really bad. We're so early mm-hmm. into his career, literally as a head coach, even. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm excited overall. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm excited that, like, I think there's a good nine or ten players in the portal as of as of this recording. Probably still got like three to seven more going out, mm-hmm. and then there'll be the big inhalation of all the players coming in. And I'm excited yeah, for exactly. that. Um, let's get to what we were what we really came here to talk about. Which is, of course, let me find it. There it is. Quacks ball. Huh. <gasps> oh. That is right. Quaxit ball. It is that time of the season. Uh, I figured we'd start with some men's, so that, that the women's basketball can be that could be the cherry on top very excited to talk about them and in, in the men's team in general i mean I, I know you're paying attention you're watching every single game every week and <laughs> it, it it's been a tough one for dana allman it's been a tough one to even judge this team because half the damn team isn't there um how has it been watching this injured team like how are you tempering your expectations Yeah, I think that's probably
1: the best way to put like my expectations are very tempered. I think if we had a full, uh, this was going to be like the full five out there constantly. This is what Dana has now presented to us, like transfers, recruits and all and and, uh, carryovers. This is what we have. I would be a little more worried, a little more frustrated, a little more like panicky and still, I think probably just the the way that RPI works, the way that selection works, it feels like we're already talking about writing off, unless <laughs> somehow we won the 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 Pac-12 tournament, uh, writing off a tournament bid just because of like the UC Irvine loss is such a weight on you, yeah, uh, uh, especially the way that you lost that game, and uh, it it it, I definitely don't say like, oh, fire Dana, fire, fire the whole group, (laughs) like, like, that's not where anybody's at. I don't think I hope. (laughs) But it's, it it just makes me. I'm like, Oh, we don't usually do this. We usually just reload. We usually just even last year, it felt like we were at least down the down the line, we had hit some sort of stride, puttered out at the very end, Mm -hmm. that made it so that the tournament was truly out of reach. But uh, if we're talking about December and we're talking about no, no March Madness, that's definitely a new thing. And I think it'll just be a matter of what can Dana show, what, can, what full strength guys come back and, and uh, uh, what can we show improvement on to where you're either building into an NIT run or you're building into uh, what that group who can carry over again to to turn into next year I, it's crazy We're i'm already talking about next season but yeah <laughs> it, it kind of feels like at least that's how you make this season worth it like uh, as of now is sort of, sort of building you're now on a two-year timeline which dane allman usually isn't he's usually working how can i get guys in here and in seven months we're making a tournament run like and and that's and that's going and then i'm gonna say goodbye to him and like yeah
0: after. Then solve some more Rubik's Cubes, yeah. And uh, he's, mm-hmm. and, I mean, we're talking about the last week of men's basketball, but before we recorded, we did, we did mention that Villanova game because that did feel, that felt like a huge win, honestly, for the early momentum of this program, purely because we we were down to, I believe, like six scholarship players at yeah. that point. Like, truly every damn person was out uh, like, you had walk-ons out there. We had walk on starting, taking key shots, you know. Uh, it was amazing to see him just completely unguarded <laughs> out there at times. But yeah. we won the damn game. And it, it was just one of those moments where it's just like, I, you know, even if there's some more hard times coming up, that win really, really made me feel various, like anyone who's talking shit about Altman at any point. Get out of here because this guy, yeah. he really is is an excellent coach. I think it, was after, it wasn't far off from watching Oregon, Oregon State and football too. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see someone like, yeah. wow, look at this coach. Use all the parts he has and pull out a win, you know?
1: Yeah, and that was hugely, especially when you're so short-handed, like, like you and the broadcast did a really good job of, of highlighting this because uh, sometimes you don't always catch it. But the amount of offensive rebounding that was going on, and I constantly say offensive rebound, best play in basketball, uh, (laughs) like just That that's effort. That is effort and focus, and you're engaged, and you're like, I think it was like 42 total rebounds and 16 of them were offensive. Like like they were constantly keeping like a count on the broadcast of just how hard that Ducks team was working. And when you're shorthanded, that's even more like even more harrowing that you are just absolutely exhausting your body to go after boards and, and chase those chase down those extra possessions, which you really need against, even though it's not Villanova of the past, yeah. it's, yeah. it's nice to get a win over a name like Villanova when mm-hmm. maybe a week and a half ago, you were getting blown up by UC Irvine, like that's, yeah. that's pretty, pretty,
0: pretty nice, pretty refreshing. Exactly. And, and I mean, like, it really showed who we're going to rely on if this thing's going to really work, if we're going to make mm-hmm. a run. Like, Will Richardson in that game was 7 of 12. He hit two three-pointers, two of five. But, like, yeah, the way this team's been working, it was just like any form of three-point shooting was nice to see. We were 11 of 29 in that game, like probably the best we've done all season. Mm-hmm. I think it was very clear, especially early on, there it was. There was more problems than just the the lack of three point accuracy, but that was a really easy one to circle, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, I mean, the turnovers is is, is clearly uh, where we're missing key players like Peyton Pritchard, like we had back in the day. But like uh, uh, Quincy Garrier is really turning it on, and then like Khalil Ware. Gets yep. me excited to watch, even when we're losing big. That dude is is a name. That that guy's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's pretty incredible, like just how much of the offense feels, uh, at least maybe a third of the time. The goal is to lob it up to Kalel or uh, or yeah. Uh, i follow. Oh, sorry,
0: Kalel. That's right. I'm I'm trying to train my my my
1: mouth here. Kalel oh, not well, I mean, I think I feel like every broadcast, it's like Mariota's freshman season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every broadcast tries to clarify like what the right way to pronounce it is, and I think everyone is different.
0: <laughs> A um, joke, yeah. uh,
1: so <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm probably off too no uh, no no you are correct i remember because i think it was during this game maybe the uh i remember one of the commentators was like i literally went down to the court asked the man myself he told me kalal <laughs> like i'm taking it from i was like i appreciate that work there that's, you go. It, it, and, and that's hilarious
1: because i'm sure he'll get that for every national broadcast ever uh, but it was it was hilarious because you watch old reruns of of Mariota's freshman year, and I was like I went and talked to his mom, and it's Mariota. Yeah, Mariota. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm like okay, yeah, uh, no, but that worked. Did you find um, his
0: mom, or did you just talk to someone? Yeah, you talked to someone was... who yeah,
1: who was yeah. wearing a, a Mariota shirt. <laughs> but no, I and and I had a chance to watch Kalel in the uh nike hoop summit here in portland Mm. like when he was still in high school was u.s versus international uh recruits and stuff and that was the number one draw was to go see him like very up close and uh he's just an absolute beast and i i definitely i can see all the pieces there where dana given two maybe three years with him could absolutely mold him into uh, maybe he'll only get two depending on how, what the, what the team's performance is like next year. And if mm. we can get a couple of guards to really continue like a, a slew of guards to feed him and, and, and to, yeah. to really enable him to, to reach the next level, he, he's absolutely definitely like probably the most intriguing story on this team. Uh, right now or the thing to get excited about if I if you told me gun to your head get excited about this men's basketball team right now but I also want to give like Will Richardson who got a lot of flack last for a good amount of the time last year and yeah. gotten a lot of flack the beginning of the this year like the last three four games has absolutely turned it on you're 100% right in the fact like he we will live and die by his performance in so many ways like how can he facilitate, how can he lead? How can he score? Like he unfortunately he lived like most he gained most of his prominence, like right next, right alongside uh end stage Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. Where you get to be the two guard. You get to be the guy who who fights for stuff, but doesn't have to be the facilitator. He has had to, and it's been a little slower process, become that facilitator and that scorer at the same yes. time. Uh, that maybe he wasn't always and it's definitely like you would have hoped that happened over the like last year or a year before that when he was uh to- basically the number one guard on the team for the last three years uh it you you would have hoped that happened quicker but you definitely want to just tip your hat to a guy who Clearly, like, is that his rosters end a lot like Dana uh, and, and has been next to Dana through through all these different permutations of what a Dana Allman team can look like here and uh, just been kicking ass.
0: Absolutely. And then, like, uh, to get to the Wazoo game, I mean, we finally got the return of Brendan Rigsby. Like we 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 got a guard, let alone a guard mm-hmm. that we've actually been excited to see. And the shooting hasn't quite been there. But again, I think something that you got to be cautious about this team right now is so many players are injured. And then not only that, injured to the point where they're not able to practice still, Mm -hmm. many of them. Uh, So it totally makes sense that Rigsby would be a little, uh, you know, a little rusty in that regard. But the energy from him uh, has been undeniable. And when the ball is in his hands, and I don't, I don't really mean this as a shot at Richardson, um, but it's, I, I feel like you said, like him playing Richardson playing off ball helps his game out a lot, yeah. and the ball being a Rigsby hand, like like that, them kind of splitting time with really orchestrating it. I think you can just really quickly see the the. I don't know, just the increase in effectiveness for the offense, mm-hmm. and if Rigsby started hitting threes, and or if Gary a could like keep at his current clip, like they don't got to be like a Kelly Graves team shooting the three. You know, they just need to like enough to keep them honest, because like our inside game has been, like you were saying, like Richardson attacking the rim, uh, or lobbing it up, mm-hmm. that. Combo of, of him is when he is most effective and, and is it's clearly where this team wants to go. And Riggs yeah. feels like a key part of that too. Yeah, uh, no, also, that, it, also Keyshawn, it'd be nice if Keyshawn were to heal up, get back. I mean, yeah. and Kuznard, like the whole damn team,
1: yeah, just list them <laughs> off, rattle them off. It's it definitely, um, like, <clears throat> like you said, and with any team that has like a number one guard, it's often about that time what can you do in that time where maybe Will has to go sit has to rest a little bit where can you what can you do in that space and if Rigsby is that replacement or if splitting that time between Richardson and Rigsby like can truly be uh, uh, like making up for each other there's not a significant drop in any way like that would be huge in terms of just production and constant uh, ability for a team that's scattered all around injured walk-ons whatnot uh to to remain like consistent in any sort of way throughout a game because like the like the just fast forwarding a little bit ucla game uh-huh. like it you could feel that just the weight of keeping up with an incredible roster like that near the end the last five minutes like really just puttered out a little bit
0: yeah which which and, and- i it was amazing we were able to keep pace honestly like I and I think something that's been a little underrated about this team even in our worst outings is the defense has actually been there and a lot of times it's the defense like cracking open after like missing you know seven straight field goals on offense the duck defense finally can't like and the other team starting to make not even a whole lot of runs but just yeah. necessary, but adding to their lead. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, I've been happy with the defense, actually. Yeah. I have
1: been too. And like you look at UCLA's roster, and it's one that, yeah, sure, they've suffered a couple of losses against some blue bloods at the beginning of the year. Um that but like their roster is still like something that everyone says should be a final four roster, like final four caliber roster. What Mick Cronin's been able to do there recruiting wise, he's a great recruiter. I don't know how great of a coach he is. He always seems frustrated. He always seems flustered. He always seems angry in ways that like Dana just doesn't. Uh, uh, I don't know. I could also just be a Mick Cronin hater because he's at UCLA, but um, (laughs) he's like, that's a roster that should score 70 every night. And especially against a team with six, seven uh, scholarship players available, uh, they should score a whole lot more. But held him at sixty-five, and that was yeah. and that was at the end. A couple of just extra shots got away. Like that game was really trending to be, if Oregon was to win it, it was going to be like sixty-two to sixty, like yeah. crazy low-scoring uh, kind of game. And and because usually college basketball is, you know, the race to sixty-nine, That's and right. you no, know, and nobody got there, but still just didn't have it at the end in those last couple possessions. Uh, really cost, or you kind of felt like, all right, that was the dagger. And then they got it. And then you see, got another one, and that was the dagger. And still, <laughs> and that felt like, oh, that really got away from us at the end. 65 points. Like that's an incredible total uh for a team that, and defense, another thing like offensive rebounds, like that's effort. Like ha- m- more than half the time, that is clear. That is just effort and energy. And when you're shorthanded, effort and energy is one of the toughest things to muster and And yet, uh they're showing out and on the road nonetheless
0: and and like uh Garrier had a great game, Perrier, as Bill Walton comes kind of <laughs> <of on. laughs> um, but. I mean, and that's exactly what you want to see. Like, it, it just felt like in the beginning of the season when we most needed Richardson and Gary mm-hmm. A to, like, not just have good games, but unfortunately to be, like, great and carry this yeah. team. You know, like, like it, it's hard to live up to a great thing, uh, you know, a great uh, standard especially early in a season. So it was when you don't even have enough players to play like five on five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that it was honestly, I was happy with the UCLA game, even though at the, because it, it was just at the very like last three minutes, mm-hmm. we weren't able to get there. And Gary was, was having a great game, but also coming in and out over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, it, it was so clear that it's like, that is when we needed a little more depth. Maybe Reichel, maybe that's when you get Reichel out there and he's, he's ready to hit the three. Exactly. <laughs> I loved seeing him out there. I mean, that it, it reminded me of um, good old Eddie Inescu when he would be yep. out there. That was a little different situation. <laughs> we, 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 the, the crowd chanting his name, like, get a three, <laughs> yeah. get a three, get a three. Yeah, and clearly Dana Altman telling him, like, if you shoot that ball before there's <laughs> zero <laughs> seconds left on that playcock, I'm going to run out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the UCLA game was a loss. It still felt really good. The Washington State game, they are a, a much better team than they typically are in the conference, and that felt good, especially you get, like, not a close win, but an actual bigger win to Fale Dante yeah. going off in that. I mean, it, it, it feels like we're there's still so much of the season. Like you said, we don't have to be, like, no, no, no! It's we win the Pac-12 tourney, or we're not getting into the big dance. We're not quite there yet, but also, I am kind of hyping myself up. I was like, hey, I think we could win that Pac-12 tourney. You know, like I don't know. I, Arizona's looking pretty damn good, and UCLA just finally beat us, so maybe they're able to. But who knows. Utah's
1: looking pretty, pretty good. They Very true. Smacked, smacked Arizona the other night. That was a uh, uh, pretty nice, pretty nice. Very to watch. true. Yeah. And they're, I think they're the highest net-rated team in the Pac-12 right now. Uh If Carlos at No Truck Stops is is correct in his sites sighting. probably on, not. On then I, I don't know. If we're
0: if we're <laughs> quoting Carlos Equity Bruin uh, for facts and accuracy, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I like that. I guy. believe it. Uh, yeah, so I mean, men's basketball, tough situation, but overall, uh, it just makes me even happier with Dana Altman, honestly, because because mm-hmm. it could have happened. I mean, these injuries could happen to anybody. So many, all of them, almost all of them were off season, and then like immediately when the season kicks off, there's more uh, coming up. Next is of course um, Nevada. We got the Wolf Pack in Eugene, December 10th. And then on December 14th, you see Riverside. I mean, and then we got games that I will be very angry if we lose against Portland and against Utah Valley. Truly, <laughs> truly a team I have never heard about, Utah Valley. Has that <laughs> ever? Have you ever heard of Utah Valley? No, I mean, I've heard of, <laughs> uh,
1: well, there's that team. They uh, just changed to Utah Tech. They were Dixie State in the state uh... of Utah. And they changed their name to Utah Tech because they realized, oh, there's nothing Dixie about Utah. Dixie is nothing we want to be. So they changed their name to Utah Tech. Uh, And then, like, Utah State and Utah and BYU. And no, I I don't think I've ever heard of Utah Valley. Weaver State is, so is also in Utah?
0: Yeah, and, and I know Weaver I'm more familiar with Weaver State, yeah. yeah. Utah Valley apparently the the Wolverines. So that's pretty badass actually. Mm, okay. But so this is like this should set up. I mean, I don't know about the personal like how everyone's doing injury wise left on the on our roster, but you know, Keyshawn, like he wasn't projected to be out for like the whole damn season or anything. Mm-hmm. If he were to get back, um, that's, uh, you imagine maybe Nate Biddle, yeah. uh, that could, that could add a lot. That that yeah. really could. And honestly, it could even help our three point shooting with Nate Biddle. Cause it's like, you know, they're, they're not high, per, high percentage shoot or high, um, volume, volume. three point shooters, but the, you know, he was definitely draining them. Uh, so yeah. we'll see what happens. That could, that could line up pretty well. yeah i think it's all
1: i think you you kind of thought this in the middle of november like even before the the pki like you with all the injuries you're just like survive as much as you can till mid january like when can come back when pac-12 is really in full swing like like that's sort of you kind of realized that middle of november uh that it's just about surviving till till january mid-january so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where i'll start truly evaluating like where this team's what this team's ceiling is and, and exactly what's what's an impressive performance and what isn't an impressive performance.
0: Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's a, a real clear marker, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so let's get over to the cherry on top because this team, um, well, one moment, I'm going to hop off screen really quick, y'all, because I got to blow my nose because that flu is going through Eugene and I don't <laughs> want to be sniffling the whole time. One moment, y'all. Makes sense. All right. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Perfect. That was bothering me so much. Okay. <laughs> so, women's basketball. It was that kind of sniffle where it was like, I don't like, I could not blow my nose for another 20 minutes and be fine, uh-huh. but it's just right on the verge. You'd have been so um, much happier if you did. Exactly. Exactly. Um, women's basketball. So, I'll tell you where I was at. I, I was straight up, like, <laughs> in this podcast, in the off-season for women's basketball, not happy with Kelly Graves. I mm-hmm. was like <laughs> I was starting to really build the story in my in the narrative for everybody, especially at the end of the season. I was like, what if we got a guy who lucked out by getting the greatest women's basketball player, period, mm-hmm. in Sabrina Ionescu alongside Ruthie Hubert. Like uh you know, probably number two for best in program history mm-hmm. and and that team built around all that, what if that is all the momentum we're getting and 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 the the system that he's building requires having a Sabrina Anescu, which mm-hmm. will not happen until like the second coming of Jesus, which would be uh-huh. Sabrina, so like exactly. that is that is what I was getting worried about, quite frankly,' especially when. We were getting amazing talent coming in, but then, like, like out of those five five stars we got in that one class, I think there is, like, one left or something like that. Like, so many were transferring out, and then in the offseason, he, he did something really interesting that won me over a little bit that was getting me, like, okay, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, where he was saying, like... First of all, he he said, like, last season, which was still a a good, would be considered a good season for most women's basketball programs, a great season. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, like, that was on me, which I thought was really cool for him as a coach. He said, like, I could have been better. I should have done better. Not only that, but he said the um, COVID in general, this this giant pandemic that we're living through, um, really hurt the team chemistry. And, like, that's an easy, you know, throwaway answer and, and, and a good excuse, honestly. But I really am starting to buy that more because it always felt like the, it was like the talent is there for this team. And there were injuries, you know, that he was like, you know, Pow Pow Rogers and and Prince and uh, Sabley. Like, there were yeah. many injuries that made it tough. But it always felt like the chemistry was off, or at least the last couple of years, I would say. And this team right now looks to be completely in it, Uh, like actually having fun, which is, I think is crucial to the game a lot of times. Like people don't talk about that either. Like seems to actually be a full on team. And not only that, but this bench is great. Like there are so (laughs) many players that would be starters anywhere else. And they are willing, more than willing to come off the bench. And he's getting great rotation time, even against some of the better teams. Even our one loss, I'm like, honestly, that loss helped us out. Like, we, It was against a good team. Mm-hmm. We almost had it. it. It's not like it's an embarrassing loss. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really getting hyped on this team right now. I got to say, where are you at right now?
1: No, I was, that was actually, that stuck with me when you said that on Twitter, you said something to the effect of, oh, is Kelly Gray is just like a Sabrina and SKU merchant or something. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, yeah. and, and that stuck with me. And I was going to bring that up because it made me, it made me question that too. And, and definitely the last two years or so, like have, it's that lack of chemistry, that lack of feel. It's like, why doesn't a sweet 16, like run make me feel better why mm. doesn't like it, especially when this team like six years ago wasn't even make had never made in elite eight like for the last 20 some odd years or whatever that like i don't actually know the statistic but i know it yeah. was it was foreign territory at all <laughs> Um and and but then i went back and i thought about like oh where did kelly Graves come from he comes from gonzaga who isn't like as, as big of a basketball school as they were, the, the, the women's seems definitely like the second fiddle there. Um and and you it's a private school. You just have a whole lot of different challenges in terms of like recruiting that you don't maybe have at a public school like Oregon, a or bigger school like Oregon for sure, with more resources, more money. Uh like that like he found relative success there, a sweet 16 there and and in a couple of runs there. And I think that that made me feel like okay he's done it before with lesser pieces in a lesser situation um, where maybe he wouldn't like that, that shoots a hole in my argument. But I think uh, as much as all the, like whatever mess or transfers in and out. And after such a great uh, recruiting class came in right immediately after Sabrina and Satu and, and um, Ruthie, it made it, like this this class really feels really good. Chance Gray, Grace Van Sluten, like oh yeah. Like uh as Van well as, has
0: has been especially like I, I think circular.
1: so. I yeah. I'm I'm really like the like high flying Forward, like true forward, not a center, not a unicorn, like true forward, like has not shot a three all year. Like, okay, that's not your game. That's not your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for the one time she does shoot a three and we'll, she'll sink it and it will be, and her career percentage can be a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's definitely like uh, it feels that like that chemistry is back a little bit and you have Tahina and India, like. The, the veterans the 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 people that you know you can kind of trust with the ball and 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 kind of facilitate and and move the ball around and get it get it to these uh, younger players that just feel uh, feel like they're excited to be there yeah. maybe maybe like just the the limits that COVID had the the weird transfers in and out the extra years of eligibility the like a, the tournament in the bubble where uh, it became a lot about and and rightfully so. In a lot of ways, it came. It became a lot about Sedona's TikTok and 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 the the attention that that pulled into it, mm-hmm. and that was absolutely like I'll take that and a loss early, over over whatever other version of that run could have been in the bubble because of what it has been able to like garner attention and garner resources and garner like an actual scrutiny from the NCAA about mm-hmm. how they treat women's basketball compared to men's basketball. I'll take that. Um, but it also it created a wave of, all right, is this about chemistry? Is this about the game? Is this about the team? There's all this like, every, who has a year of eligibility? Who isn't? Who's leaving early? Who's transferring? Who's going home? Uh, and that that just it it became unclear. A lot became unclear maybe. And that's and and this team seems to have a little bit of clarity in terms of why they're here, for how long they're here, and they're ready to move forward and push on and and sort of be in that moment each game and be engaged and and feel like, okay, we have a clear goal. We have a clear place that we're headed and and we're kind of all on the same page in that way. Even with a a generational player like Sedona hurt out for the year, like beginning of the year out retired, like done as a duck. And that sucks. Mm. Uh, But it seems to, it seems that like the team has maintained, or maybe that's a rallying cry like to to reassess like exactly what their what their goals are as a team and, and how they're going to get
0: there, and yeah, and, and like you said with with Prince gone, and it really felt like well that is the you know like the keystone to the whole damn team, mm-hmm. and then so suddenly she's gone, and then Kennedy Basham gets uh, injured early, and so in my head like I I liked watching Filipina Che whenever I watched her last season. But as they say every single time she's on screen, they're like, she's a work in progress, you know, like physically she's absolutely there, but she's a work in progress. I think she's straight up there right now, especially with like the physical advantage that she has, you know what I mean, against a lot of the rosters we're going against like mm-hmm. we we are the we are up there with the bama of recruiting in women's basketball yep. you know and, and I think right now our expectations are basically where bama football fans are for women like that personally it's like No, I want to win an Addy. I want to always be competing. I want to be going for the, like, I am a blue blue blood fan when it comes to women's basketball now, and I think a whole lot of Duck fans are. Yeah. Uh, And that's because Kelly Graves elevated the program so much, and so I think there's Mm -hmm. that. But, like, so Prince was out. Basham, who's supposed to be, like, you know, like uh, someone we were relying on, she was out. Filipina Che, I think, especially because... So much of last year was built like we were going inside and then building out because our Mm -hmm. uh, our outside shooting wasn't as tight, especially with all the injuries that we were having specifically to guards. Um, And so that just meant even when we were getting the ball to Saboli or Prince, who were, you know, absolutely great players, they were getting double teamed. And so it was getting harder, you know, like it, it was just so much pressure on them. The team, as of right now, are playing with enough speed and accuracy where Filipina Che doesn't have to always defeat a double team. Mm-hmm. And even if she does, like, is actually doing pretty well. And uh, and even if that means passing it out, and she, she seems to actually not, you know, not overstepping her physical abilities or like her or like her muscle memory or anything. I I've been really happy with her. But specifically, I mean, there's been there's been so much. I think the fresh talent, like when you see the bench coming out there playing with so much damn energy, even against Portland, which this was. Uh, Kelly Graves said, like, I mean, and it makes sense. But he said this was our our best performance so far. Uh, the performance he was most happy with. What the end product, the finished product, should look like. Uh, I mean, we almost shot fifty percent from three. Um, but I think this team is most effective when we are running down the field, you know, Mm -hmm. like they make a mistake, boom, we're down there on the fast break. And that is absolutely what we're doing to Portland here. And, uh, up, up next is the Beavers, uh, a Beavers team. That's not quite where they typically are, but I mean, we all know you can't count them out, especially in women's basketball.
1: Yeah, it definitely like looking at like a matchup against the Beavers and they're unranked and, and mm-hmm. what, what is this team truly. It, an interesting thing to watch is that um, if you remember watching uh, the Final Four, the national champion uh, runner-up uh, Arizona team, uh, yeah. Ben Duyany, who went to mm-hmm. Lincoln High School here in Portland and is now at, uh, at Oregon State. I haven't heard a lot talked about her. It, 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 she really impressed me when she was at Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. and and it feels like oh that'll be just an interesting thing to to watch the role she plays at Oregon State. It's definitely like a down Oregon State team, quote unquote. They do. I was looking at Oregon State's schedule after us. They cuz they'll go back just like we will in men's and women's basketball. They'll go back to non-conference play for a little bit right after this like little short like conference mm-hmm uh bubble i don't quite Uh, get it but okay sounds good yeah (laughs) and uh they'll play lsu after this and Hmm. kim mulkey uh and i really hope they beat kim mulkey really really bad (laughs) because (laughs) for so many reasons she beat us in the national in the final four but also because uh she she doesn't seem to care about britney griner even though she was her old player and all that but uh yeah Yeah. uh, we're rooting for rooting for uh the beavers after this that's for sure
0: absolutely i i'm basically Well, women's basketball is nice uh well i, I could even say like pack 12 basketball is nice because washington tends to really suck at it <laughs> and so you could just like yeah i'm rooting for all the teams i'm rooting for all the teams to continue doing what they're doing i got yeah. like stanford women's basketball anytime we're not playing them in arizona and mm-hmm. oregon state yeah sure they're all fun <laughs> Um yeah, I mean, th- this team is is one to watch, one to if you're in the Oregon area or wherever, go see them live. It seems like they're starting to find their own identity and they're starting to really like rein it in. Mm-hmm. And it's just what you like to see because that energy can be there at Matt night like that. I mean, already it, like, you know, there's it'd be nice if we were to pack out at, at every time. But there's mm-hmm. still actually a pretty decent turnout for some of these games where you're like, you know, it's early season college basketball. Only the sickos are watching it right now. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: No, I, and I, when that place is rocking and and when either team is in there, when that place is rocking, but really for the women's team, like it is it actually feels like a college football environment. Something that I feel like Matt Knight has lacked since the transition from Matt court. Like that really felt like, Oh, that's college environment. That's the, the passion. That's the, you really feel like everyone in the room is engaged in every single, in every single play. Mm -hmm. Uh, It definitely, I think, and maybe this is just because I went to, I went to school in the, the heyday of Sabrina and all that. Like, But when that place is rocking for big packed 12 matchup, big matchup in, in any regard, that really felt like a college basketball environment. And I think that's – I'm really thankful that uh, that team and the community – the specific community that goes to women's games and doesn't go to men's games like feels – like there's a it's a distinct group like like maybe usually like an older crowd a family crowd but that mm-hmm. has not changed that is not like in any way like do, like domesticated the vibe it's honestly like elevated in terms of the engagement the intensity and the the attention that's put on to it uh it, it that's a really really fun environment and it's probably one that I missed the most of any all the three that I could have uh uh loved in my time, whether that's football, men's basketball, or women's basketball, that's the time where i truly felt like the most communal, the most engaged, the most intense uh moments at at the University of Oregon.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one of my probably all time duck games I've ever been to live was I got the ticket right here, so it's easy. March thirty first, two thousand nineteen Elite Eight up in Portland when we took down, uh, I believe it was Mississippi State. Mm, um, yeah. Howling oh. on that team. That was a good game. And that energy was like, I mean, that was, it was like Odson. It truly yeah. was like And
1: um, So I, I watched that in a bar in Arizona. Uh, uh, and like in, like one of the bars were in the back they were watching horse race, they were betting on horses. Oh, hell yeah. That's a, good <laughs> that's a good bar. It's a good bar. And uh, yeah. And, and the, the TV was so small, but it was, they had there was like a sunday afternoon they had it on tv and nice. uh like i think i was me and my parents are the only people like actively cheering and clapping like at this small tv and everyone else was betting on the ponies but nice uh, yeah that's definitely one of the best one of the best duck games ever
0: absolutely and and maybe i mean we'll see i love that they've brought Sabrina Ionescu in for her role. I, I forget what her role really is like.
1: Like the director of culture. It's a lot like uh, yeah. uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's role at Texas football. Yeah, it
0: seems like it, honestly. <laughs> Whatever eventually gets it to where when Sabrina Ionescu retires after breaking every single record in WNBA, she will become – our coach that is wow. what i'm in end game that is what i want yeah. so we'll see athletic director oh yeah, Hell yeah. i mean <laughs> she could be the football coach and we'll start winning more games it absolutely we'll, we'll actually beat <laughs> the beavers and the huskies that'd be nice wouldn't it? <laughs> uh james every single time you're on here it's so fun to talk we'd love to have you on basically whenever you want we're, we're a Quacks at Ball podcast now, so whenever you want to talk ball, Perfect. we'd love to have you on. Um, at Who's the Boss, once again, V-O-S on Twitter. Check out Ditch Rich, the sub stack, too. Always really good articles on there. I've always enjoyed it. It seems like when there's the key moments, there's a really good... Like in duck duck football, duck sports, there's always a good article on there that I've, I've really... That's popped up at key, really good, poignant times, I've thought. So, appreciate it. Yeah. I want to, I want to end
1: up in the inbox at a moment where you'll actually appreciate it and not at a moment where you're just this guy again. Uh, This guy, (laughs) this guy again. No, I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, uh, give it a, give it a, a subscribe. We'll move over to basketball, probably get a little more football as, uh, transfers and offensive coordinators and holiday mm. bowls and bo nicks uh op-eds editorials are, are sure to be due uh whether or not he's coming back uh probably get a little bit of both um yeah. but yeah that's that, that's where you
0: can find it ditch rich absolutely and then we're also going to convince you we, we we try to convince you we were talking about this we don't do a lot of movie reviews the last movie review was with you um, which, for some mm-hmm. reason, I'm forgetting the exact name. The Prefontaine movie that is without called limits. Without limits, of course. Well, yeah. now we were going to ask you. We wanted to kind of torture ourselves. We're going to watch the other Prefontaine movie. Oh. And review that with Jared Leto. Um, okay. We want to know if if you're willing to go on this endeavor. I, this so I, I I usually it's all right if it's a no. I have a religious
1: objection to that film, but. <laughs> I can make an exception uh, for the Quackville podcast, and I will. I will absolutely. I think there's probably value in someone who's <laughs> that. Of, yeah. who I think we're not going to like it media. either.
0: I mean, we'll 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 talk it over. Maybe we can switch it over to a different movie or something like. Hey, Mainly, not, we like,
1: you can't just you can't just do movie reviews of movies that you love and you're just saying I love this, I love this, I love this. Like, yeah, you got it. Make make a little interesting in a movie that
0: probably has a, a couple more holes to poke through yeah i mean the, the fact that the lead actor is uh is a cult monster doesn't help <laughs> it um yeah he's i mean morbius. he's morbius. really i mean morbius you know it's pre morbius is pre how can you not? it's Morbin time stop it's, morb i mean that episode's just gonna be us talking about morbius <laughs> um and then, I mean, really, we wanted you on purely because it's like we never got into the fact that he's seen every fucking Tom Cruise movie. We got to pick his brain about that. You can do so, that, yeah. Look Bring forward to on. that, listeners, because that that's really why we wanted you back on for that is we were Bring so it excited. We were like, what a weirdo that guy is! I am. Yeah. I mean, who's who's the cult freak now? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, again, James Voss at Who's the Voss? Ditch Rich is the Substack. At Quack Twelve Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on your podcast app. Blahdy blahdy blah. Five stars on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. Leave us a comment. Helps us out, listeners. It's been fun. We'll see y'all next week. Quack quack. Bonix, don't leave us. We love you. All right. See y'all next week. Bye.